When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. What is your personal PDA threshold? <laughs> Meaning... How much PDA can you take in your presence before oh. you're like, I'm out of here? So not like how much do you, are you willing to to uh, pee the D and the A or, you know, oh, what I mean? <laughs> yep, exactly. How much how A much, are you willing to P and D? How much can you handle around you? Yeah. Right. When it comes to PDAs, what's your threshold? And this might take a little describing. It might take a little storytelling. 651-641-1071. This is the Colleen and Bradley Show, My Talk 1071. Streaming live at MyTalk1071.com. Hey. Everything Entertainment, Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainer. Here's why I'm asking. Okay. So I saw this article on Yahoo Entertainment. And it basically is about Meghan Markle and Prince Harry. Okay. And it this is the headline. Meghan Markle and Prince Harry are apparently annoying dinner party friends with their PDA. Oh, for the love. Yeah, but apparently they're the they are breaking royal p- protocol by keeping their paws all over each other and getting all touchy feely. Like a like what kind of touchy feely? Well, I don't really know, but it this is what they say. According to the mail on Sunday, I don't know what that means. The problem is that Meghan and Harry ignore long-standing etiquette that would seat them across from each other. Oh, sure, yeah. They rather would sit next to. They would rather to sit next to each other. It's not appropriate to sit across or uh, to sit next to each other. Uh, also, royal protocol would uh, would inhibit them from doing things publicly, like holding hands or even hugging. Um, it's frowned upon, uh, and. All the people in Harry's society circle will roll their eyes because they're so PDA. I love though that for you know this particular couple, the PDA threshold is like they're sitting next to each other. That's it. Like, oh, but then I started to think about it, and I was like, and by the way, what is your PDA threshold? Meaning, how much can you tolerate around you before you're like, okay, now I'm getting uncomfortable. I feel like I might be watching a private moment. At what point do you go, I can't be around those people anymore because of their PDAing? So for you, what is your threshold? I actually can tolerate a lot for a couple reasons. So one of them is that I feel like when people get too like handsy with each other yep. and are all makey-outy, <laughs> they do that because they want you to pay attention to them. They yeah. want attention for it. So a lot of times what happens is if you're uncomfortable, you try to like avert your eyes because you're like, oh, I feel like I'm like ugh, like in their bedroom. I don't do that. I just stare right at them 
Because that's what they want, and you shouldn't feel any shame. So I just stare right at them. Yeah, because that's what they want. That's and they're getting what they want. And so if they were going to be like, "Don't look at me," I'd be like, "How do you not look at you? You're all over each other." The threshold would be what? But then it's just fun for me. Then I just think it's funny. So like, if there was like nudity happening, okay, that's the threshold. Yeah, that would be like they could be dry humping, and you'd be fine with that. I would. I would not. I mean, like, fine with it? No. Like, I would be like, oh, that's so But you'd so be gross. staring at it. Totally. Like, everyone else has left the room, and now you're like sitting in the room. Now it's like a social yeah, thing. I, I'm like, oh, that's oh, weird. Why is Colleen still in the room? Colleen, I'm not talking, she has with, this thing where she popcorn. likes to stare at people when I'm they're I'm not talking about at a house party. I'm talking about, like, at, like, a restaurant. Like, yeah. if there's, like, when we were in Chicago, my husband and I, we were at a restaurant, and this couple, I was like, oh, my gosh. They're going to do it in the booth. And I just was, I, he, I made him be quiet because I was like, I got to watch this because they're doing it because they want to be watched. Okay. So that's interesting. It sounds like it's not necessarily that it's pleasant for, I realize how weird this sounds as yeah, I'm no, saying it's, it. It's pretty weird. You're trying to reverse psychology all of this. Six, five, but one, I think six, you're four, the one who's one, suffering one, as a result. One. That's Probably. why I would question your technique because uh-huh. to me, I generally do the thing where I'm like, oh, they want attention. Guess what? You're not getting for me. Attention! Uh-huh. Um, which just says a lot probably about my subconscious or psyche. But um, so I would just generally be like, ah, pl-, you know, my eyes would roll over, you know, somewhere else. Because here's the thing. What with- is your threshold? I, you know, it's interesting that you frame the conversation this way because I don't think of like I have reached my tolerance of a person's public display of affection, but I will have feelings about it. Meaning, I don't, I mean, again, if somebody like pulls their pants down, I'm probably going to call 911 or excuse myself, right? Help! Because that is just a violation pants off. of someone you know. call nine one one or zero for help. <laughs> yeah. Or is it like do you call three one one? Like no. Oh, that's I mean, true. Like yeah. excuse me, I'm seeing things I don't know, but that technically would be a crime. So uh-huh. I guess nine one one. That's true. Anyway, um, I just I usually will try to avoid that kind of stuff I, because not that it makes me uncomfortable. Um, and what I'm ta- I'm not talking about people like sitting next to each other or kissing, but you know when people are just like all like paws all over yes. each other, like oh my god. I also am amused by that because I think it says either they're in a new relationship, I get it, or they want everybody to think like all is well in their relationship. Yeah, certainly. I also think there are just people who are PDA, and I'm not one of those people because when I was in a new relationship, I. Of course, we were getting hot and heavy, but it wasn't in public. Like, I'm just not comfortable. I'm just oh, he's not- so uncomfortable. He can't even <laughs> talk about it through his yes. mouth. So trust he me, it was really it hot and heavy, but it's not happening in public. <laughs> um, you know, for probably a number of reasons, actually, because I don't know. Anyway, you don't care. Um, I'm not going to generally, as a rule, be doing a lot of that. So that's just my own personal uh, preference. Holly, what's your threshold? I don't like mouths. <laughs> God, you're so weird. What? <laughs> like the mouth stuff. I don't mind holding hands. Oh, I see what you're saying. You know, you can even like have the hand on the tush. And but you're it's fine like, with that. Yeah, it's, it's a little grab. It's, it's the slurping. And, you know, I and I take the exact opposite point of view as you, Colleen. I'm not going to stare at people when they're having those moments because I have been privy to some very graphic PDA moments in my life. Really? 
Yeah. Like, like pe- what? Like people doing it. Ew. Again, did you call 911? No, I was on my bike at seven in the morning. Oh, and then no. I oh that was when you were in, that was when you were in Holland. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Also here do down it, down by the river. Oh well, in a van. First of all, if that only. was your first mistake. Uh huh. What Ugh. going down by the river? <laughs> I, was, I feel like that's like beyond public enjoy- display of affection. That's just like weird fetish. Yeah, but then here's the thing. The people doing it down by the river here, you're trying to walk away, and then they're looking at you while they're doing it. Yeah, the worst thing you could do is maintain eye contact. That's why your strategy is dangerous. No, I said... Can you imagine somebody sticking their tongue down someone's throat and you're staring at them? Hold on. I wanted to I want to rewind the tape and remind you I said I do have a threshold that's like when there's like nudity or like but like if people are going at it in a restaurant I'm going to watch it. I just am because that's like what are you doing? I'm going to put a judgy if face on my doing head. doing it in a restaurant. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to make Lindstrom. a judgy face while they're doing it. What what is that doing? Then is it so? You're saying you you want them to feel as though perhaps I just want they you to think are twice. not think twice about that. Alone. Is this really what you want to be doing here right now? You're just encouraging them. No, I, uh, I'm Holly's judging. Point, just to get to the actual question, um, I think Holly, you know, your threshold is mouths. Yeah, I don't like when mouths. I like touch. that threshold because I don't care if like people are you know getting all cuddly and snuggling up next to each other yeah, and fine. holding hands. But mm-hmm. once you're like exchanging saliva and more than just like a, but if you're just, you know, tonsil hockey, like, you know, yeah, I do always else. feel like I'm intruding a little bit when I watch that on the bachelor and bachelorette, because there's too many normal, there's too much normal people kissing on that show versus movie kissing, which is like sexy on the bachelor bachelorette. It's like, normal kissing and it's not it's not flattering but i still watch that show when we come back on the colleen and bradley show we have to catch up with one of our new favorite publicationships shamila schlamazel publicationships incorporated we're going to be talking about it after this on my talk 1071 well speaking of uh publicationships and pdas we got to talk about shamila on the Colleen and Bradley Show, My Talk 1071, streaming live at MyTalk1071.com, everything entertainment. Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainer. Uh, who are hey. Shamila, Bradley? Shamila, Shamazel. It's <clears throat> Sean Mendez and Camila Cabello. Yes. They're the latest in this publicationship world where, I mean, even Lori and Julia agree that this is a hot mess fake relationship. I don't know. Lori seems to be uh, walking that back a little bit. I've heard that she still believes they're having, you know, friends with benefits situation. That's neither here nor there. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what's going on behind the scenes, right? Because with all publicationships, the key is a a defining characteristic of a publicationship is that outwardly the relationship is solely for the purposes of them getting publicity. Exactly. And it's working in the sense that there, like, there have been out and out conversations, not just here on My Talk 1071, throughout the tabloid universe on social media about whether or not their relationship is real. Overwhelmingly, it seems as though the public opinion is that no, this is just a, a way for them to promote their single, to like, and I mean, promote the single that they recorded Senorita. together, Senorita, yes. But here's what I got to give them credit for. 
they're doubling down. Like, they mean it. They're not going to hear those rumors and then pack up their stuff and go home. No. They're going to hide it under a bushel. No. No. They're going to let it shine. And they did, actually, over the weekend. fashion, but okay. You know, that's neither here nor there. The two of them took it all outside in New York, in Brooklyn. They were going to a birthday party for Camila Cabello's, uh, or wait, whose birthday was it? His birthday. His birthday. Sean Mendez's birthday over the weekend. <clears throat> they were going to go, they were on their way to that party. Yep. And they were filmed making out for a solid, mm. are you ready for it? 30 seconds. Five seconds. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, get out the chapstick. Yes. Five okay. seconds of solid making mm. out. Now, um, okay, I'm going to just read you the description in this article, a report on the report that I read. <laughs> in the video, Sean locks eyes with his lady and extends his hand out to her. I'm Camilla sorry, who's then, telling us this, by the way? I'm sorry. This is from Hollywood Life okay. by Bonnie okay. Fuller. So... Probably crap. Anyway, continue. Yeah, but she's actually talking about an actual video that exists. Okay. In the video, Sean locks eyes with his lady and extends his hand out to her. Camilla then pushes past a woman in white who we uh-huh. recognize as Sean's mother, Karen, to smooch her man. In other words, Camilla is like, get out of the way, mother of my man. I got to make out with this. And then they lock lips <laughs> for five seconds. They have no qualms about their public displays of affection. Yep. Now, here's where I want you to tell me what this makes you think of. Okay. Yep. Again, talking about the relationship between Sean Mendez and Camila Cabello. Yep. As partygoers took photos and videos of them throughout the night, night yada blah blah blue. Um, oh wait, oh shoot, I lost it. The, it launches into this whole SpawnCon situation. Oh, like, about his? Um, is it about his Rolex? Yeah, like everything about like what they're wearing, where they're having the party, all the stuff. I want to remind you to or remind me to tell you about that. Okay, well, that's what it is. All, But see, then it just made me think, what did it make me think of? Who else? Priyanka Chopra, Nick Jonas. Exactly. Like ripped a page right from that relationship. Oh, look at that. Maybe there's some SpawnCon associated here. I just love that the rest of the world is catching up to what we've known for years, nay months. (laughs) Nay months um but like acting like we were there for the forefront no we just stole somebody else's really good uh investigative reporting in and this now regard. we can't put and the dogs we can't put the bone down we own it um we love a good bone okay. and um <laughs> no but I, i'm enjoying the fact that like literally at the end of this hollywood life article it says do you think this relationship between sean mendez and camila cabello is fake now what i will tell you is that actually 37 percent of the people say Mm, who knows? But at least they seem happy. Right, sure. Then you have, yes, 32%. Yes, this relationship is purely for, for publicity and 31%. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. 
Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. And say no. I think they're really into each other. What that tells me is that like the majority of people essentially, they either think it's totally fake for publicity or don't care. Right. And it's the fact that there's so many people who don't care that is the fuel for this type of thing happening. Like if this just literally was everybody like this is dumb and fake and stop it, then I don't think you'd see very many of these. But because most of the world is um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Dumb. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to call most of the world dumb, but you sure can. I'm just kidding. Um, No, but they, they are uninterested. Right. Apathetic right. is yeah. the word? Yeah, literally apathetic. Yeah. Like, they don't actually care. They don't have a horse in the race. Yep. Yeah. And so, so th- what I'm saying is, that actually fuels this happening, because a bunch of people don't care. A bunch of people do care. Half of the bunch that do care think it's fake. The other half don't. So, like, you're just set up to have an audience right. for this type of story. Exactly. Exactly. Us. And, you know, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if people believe it or if they don't believe it, as long as they have a, a an opinion, a thought either way, then they're paying attention. So like, even the fact that we don't believe it at all, it's still working on us in the sense that we're talking about it. And that's all they're trying to do is get buzz. All they're trying to do is figure out how to make Camila Cabello a household name and make Sean Mendez a household name. That's it. So they don't care. Like, whether or not the relationship is real matters not. Yeah, exactly. But it's a fake. Yep. So, just so you know. Also, he was Team wearing like a, a bottom tier, like entry level Rolex, and people were real excited about that because he was like showing that he's like, oh, the people. Oh, look, you guys can, it, the stars, they're just like us. When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, we've got some celebrities behaving badly to tell you about it. Uh, we call them D-bags. We'll tell you about them after this. We've got some celebrities behaving badly to tell you about on the Colleen and Bradley show. My Talk 1071. Streaming live at MyTalk1071.com. Everything entertainment. Colleen Lindstrom. Bradley Trainer. Hey. We have a name for those uh, celebrities behaving badly, and that name is... D-bag. Presenting Lord and Lady Douchebag of the Day. Okay, this has a um, disclaimer. The following presentation contains adult material. Ooh. It actually does it. Oh. it. You ever have that feeling when you want to call out a D-bag and you're like, oh God, people are going to take this the wrong way yeah. and they're going to judge me. Yep. Judge me away. Oh, okay. This one is the Joe Bros. Uh, All of the bros? Well, every bro except for that one that they don't even acknowledge. Exactly. Now, Frankie. So sad. Okay. So. He does look like Frankie Muniz a little bit. You're not helping. Sorry, what? Seriously, you're not helping the cause. I'm sorry. I'm (laughs) sorry. Headline I started to hate myself. Jonas Brothers reveal early bullying at Teen Choice Awards. So, this is a very important issue. Teen bullying is nothing to joke at, it is a legit thing. Okay. It is, however, the Jonas Brothers' attempt to relate to this very important topic that makes me want to call them out a little yeah. bit. So, um, this article <laughs> covering this story about them at the Teen Choice Awards um, talking about bullying is just a little, it's a little stretchy. A little tone deaf. A little stretchy. A little stretchy, like, like my at-home pants, you <laughs> yes, mean? <laughs> yes, The Jonas Brothers weren't always so cool. 
says the article. They want you to know um, that they've been bullied over the years. And I'm sorry, I'm not laughing at bullying. It's a real thing. The eldest of the musical trio, Kevin, said he was bullied in middle school because he sported frosted tips. Okay. All right. So he talks about how people made fun of him, which is a legit thing. Kids are brutal. Yes. I decided to perm my hair. Some adults are too, if I'm being honest. Oh, yeah. Well, actually, some adults. I'll tell you about some adults that were being debagging him. But I permed my hair in about, oh, this would have been seventh grade. Because remember when everybody went through oh, that yeah. phase where they had to perm their hair? Yes. It was not a good look. <laughs> I was, would ask really, you to please bring pictures. I yes. don't know if I have any, but if I do. And I also remember that was the year I think that I had a, du- a double collar. We're going to be popped. Two oh. pop double collar. Like oh, that two, was the look, though. Like, yeah. everybody did that. But again, the some combo people platter better. was the rough spot for you. <laughs> yes. With, it was like French with fries, the okay. With the cheeseburger, perm. okay. Maybe together it was a little much on Bradley. Yes, exactly. Um, anyway, he says that he turned the bullying around, though, because on the very same day that he was made fun of for his frosted tips, the frosted tips got him his first acting gig. And the reason I say I feel like that's a little tone deaf is because like, oh, you know, the bullying was okay because I'm a famous actor now. Right. Right. Like for the person who is day after day after day after day after day after year after year after year suffering from being bullied by groups of people. Yeah. Isn't probably going to find a lot of solace in the fact that he was able to get an acting job and it made it all better yeah. because maybe they aren't getting an acting job or yeah. they can't find what the equivalent in their life is of the acting job. Yeah. I hear you. I so, see. I see what you're saying. <laughs> so um, he went on to say that adults actually were very mean to him, too, as he was growing up. And um, mostly because when he would get those acting jobs, um, I guess teachers would yell at him saying things like, stop drawing attention to yourself. And because he doubted himself, you know, that hurt, which yep. I can understand. Yes. But I kind of feel like it's not a very relatable experience, right? Like when you talk about teen bullying, like teachers um, being jealous, presumably that's what that was. Teachers being jealous of his movie career. I kind of feel like that's not an experience a lot of kids go through. Right. It's a, it, it, I hear it does come off as a, like a little tone deaf because it's like, look at how people were so rude to me because I was famous. Yeah. It's like, yeah, that's, I hear you. And I also, but I don't think that that's going to provide comfort to a person who's in the exact opposite situation, who doesn't have that thing to kind of settle into. Well, I was called a, a lot of horrible words as a child because I acted a certain way that a lot of people didn't expect. And I didn't have an acting career to offset right. that. Right. So that's where I think at least an acknowledgement of that you know, experience would have been a little... And again, he doesn't owe anybody anything. He's sharing his story, and I'm not here to say he can't. I was just like, maybe I, if I were in that position, would have just perhaps contextualized that privilege a little bit. Yeah. 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 But I am glad that they're talking about the issue, because it's a valid issue. Absolutely. And to show concern for the people who are likely your fans... Right? That yeah. age group that you want to relate to them. Yeah. But I don't know if like the kid out there who's being called um, you know, racial slurs or anti homophobic thing or not anti homophobic things. Homophobic, homophobic things. 
Yeah. You'd think I'd know. That's like unsawing your frozen meat. Thank you. That just means you're freezing it. You'd think you'd try to put yourself in their shoes a little bit in terms of contextualizing your own bullying. Right. Whatever. That's... You see why I said there was a caveat here. I did. Okay. Mm-hmm. I want to honor your caveat. Um, I would like to make Kim Cattrall my D-bag oh, today. Oh, Kim Cattrall. I love your smell. <sighs> okay. Um, so, uh, Kim Cattrall is still talking about all the drama on uh, the set of Sex in the City. And in doing so, she's, mm, I don't know that she made good choices with the word usements that she structured. Word usements, I like that usement. Um, mm-hmm. So she spoke to The Guardian and uh, she reiterated to The Guardian that she's, quote, had enough of playing Samantha. And she called out the bullying that she oh, has God. received wow, over. It's a twofer today. Right? Refusing to take part in the sequel. She said, quote, I went past the finish line playing Samantha Jones because I loved Sex in the City. It was a blessing in so many ways, but after the second movie, I'd had enough. I couldn't understand why they wouldn't just replace me with another actress instead of wasting time bullying. No means no. To which I say, Kim, I understand that you are using buzzwords to try to prove your point. But again, conflating the um the media who and the cast who loved sex in the city the way it was who loved the on-screen chemistry of the characters who loved the story conflating people's wanting to understand better why you were saying no and not letting it die yeah conflating that with bullying and then doubling down and using the like an like sort of a um an anti-rape, you know, like the no means no, like the Me Too movement. Yeah, using that verbiage in this time and place to talk about your privileged celebrity experience is, is probably a little This isn't the time off. and place. This is not the time and place. It is fine for you. And I just also want to say, Kim, I think you're probably talking about it a lot more than anybody else is. I know. At this point, it makes me wonder why she keeps talking about well, it. Well, probably because she's not doing anything else. Why are we talking out of the powder? I don't know. But I do. I think she's not doing anything else. And this is the thing she has. And so she's kind of the one keeping it alive. But she's not doing it very artfully. And listen, I know she's had a rough year. And I don't want to like that. That has very little to do with this as far as I'm concerned. I know that she's had some family stuff um, and that's been really difficult for her. And certainly everybody in their own jobs in their lives has, we all have stuff in our lives. That being said, I really do think she's probably the only one who's really keeping this storyline alive. Yeah. Well, and then, you know, again, it's not from a place of negativity. It's more a place of understanding. Like, explain. Like, I need to understand why this is such a lightning rod for her. Yeah. If she's got some larger grievances that she wants to take out on Hollywood or her career or people attached to or that have crossed paths with her over the years, okay, I'm here for that. Write a book. Tell me about it. Right. I want to understand in the context what what's really going on here. It's kind of like it makes me think of that Monique um, conversation from a couple weeks ago where Monique, uh, the comedian and, and Academy Award winning actress, kind of just, um, well, she claims she was blackballed in Hollywood and a lot of very powerful people um, decided that they didn't really want to interact with her any longer. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, I want to understand the full context of everything that happened. And so, you know, she sat down and did this big, long interview talking about like, everything and so you're like you can watch that and understand right. i feel like 
you know, this story just keeps coming up over and over again. It's like, okay, well, where are we going with this? And when is enough enough? Right. And and here's what I do. I want to acknowledge this. I'm not an actress, so I don't know this, but I think we all have seen enough stories like this that you can understand that there's a tricky per, a, a tricky kind of position to be in as a, a, a person who acts, who's known for a character. Mm-hmm. You can love, you have a relationship with the character, no doubt. The character you're playing is not you, but you have a relationship with that character because you've created it, you've breathed life into it. If you play it too long, then you become kind of pigeonholed as that character, right? So there's probably a little bit of resistance to that. But also there's the resistance to always having to answer for that character. And it causes, I think, an actor or an actress to make peace with that character and the relationship with that character. And it does not seem to me like Kim Cattrall has figured out how to make peace with the character of Samantha. Yeah, and what's particularly fascinating in this particular case is that usually the friction is at the beginning Mm -hmm. of the end. So like when you end a a role, like for example, B. Arthur on TV's The Golden Girls Mm. had gotten to the point where she was like, you know, I've done this character long enough. I'm ready to be done. It's time. We've told the same stories over and over again. I'm going to move on. Now, the rest of the cast didn't want to do that, which is why they had, I think... I don't know if it was two seasons of The Golden Palace mm-hmm. with the rest of the characters and some other wonderful... Cheech Marin, by the way, he was on The Golden Palace. Did oh, you know that? No, don't Fun say fact. Yeah, Thanks, And um, Don Cheadle. Oh, oh wow. All right, then. Yeah. All right. And uh, I think they had a kid, bread. too. Anyway. But, you know, um, you have that friction when you're like, I'm done with this. I yeah. don't want to be typecast as this. I need to move on from this. And after a few years, I will come to a place to understand how important this role was why it was so defining for my career, why it meant so much to so many people. And I appreciate and I'm thankful for that opportunity. And now I'm willing to revel in it a little bit for nostalgia purposes and to, you know, give people a little something back. She is not, she's like the opposite of that. Yeah, she's not in that place. And I think that we can sense that. And then that's where we feel like a conflict where you're just like, okay, enough already. Like, chill out. She seems to have anger and animosity toward her character and the characters that she play, you know, and you know, some of that probably bleeds into the off, the off screen junk. You know who that makes me think of, oh. by the way, please never use the phrase off screen junk again. <laughs> um, oh, I'll be using that again. Uh, mommy dearest. Faye uh, Dunaway. Faye yeah. Dunaway. Yeah. She yeah. had, has never made peace with uh, that role. And I think it's really important. I mean, I don't know. I'm, again, I'm not an actress, so it sounds like me giving advice on something I know nothing about. We do that all the time. Mm-hmm. All the time. That's what I'm paid to do. But I think it is important, especially for the audience, that the actor makes peace with that with that character so that they can move on, so that they can honor what that brought them and do new and different things. Mm-hmm. Because we can sense that tension, and it's not good. Yeah. When we come back, something else that's not good. Oofta. Oofta. Gwyneth Paltrow has been uh, embarrassing herself a lot lately. I'm going to tell you what the latest embarrassment is. It's it's a doozy after this on My Talk 1071. All right, is this annoying or hilarious? Gwyneth Paltrow literally does not know who she's been in movies with. And this is the second time this has happened. This is the Colleen and Bradley Show, My Talk 1071, streaming live at MyTalk1071.com. Everything entertainment, Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainer. Hey. And when we talk about Gwyneth Paltrow, it's important that we pull together a little group we call the Gooper Scoopers. Here come the Gooper Scoopers. They are gonna find you stuff that's dumb on Gooper. Goopa, 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 
scoopa. That's just what they do. Goopa scoopa, goopa scoopa. There's always stupid stuff on goop. What poop is goop up to? Okay, so do you, this happened like a few weeks ago, or maybe a couple months ago. There was this story about how Gwyneth Paltrow didn't recognize Sebastian Stan, who is um, a person who starred in uh, Avengers with her. Um, and I don't really remember. He was in, he showed up. Anyway, he like, he, she, he actually tweeted about it. He's like, this is the third time now, basically. I've had to reintroduce myself to Gwyneth Paltrow and we've been in movies together. Now, here's what I understand. Like, I, I don't know who Sebastian Stan is. And we all made fun of Gwyneth for that, right? Like, she should know who she's in a movie with, but I don't know that person. But fine, whatever. Well, there's also that video, right? Where the guy she's doing the cooking video with is like, yeah, remember when you were in whatever? And she's like, no, I haven't been in this movie. Oh, wait, I don't know that one. Look that one up. Yeah, wasn't that a Marvel? Holly, do you remember that story? Yeah, I think so. Well, I think that there are three different stories here. I think there was not recognizing Sebastian Stan, even though he had introduced her him to her, her to Gwyneth Paltrow several times. Yes. And it was like, oh, yeah. Then there was the one where she didn't know that she was in Spider-Man. Yeah. So she didn't, Gwyneth Paltrow oh, yep. didn't realize that she was in a Spider-Man movie. She was like, oh, okay. Okay. Yep. And then now. <laughs> now we are at the next level <laughs> yeah. of goopiness. Gwyneth Paltrow wondered why Samuel L. Jackson was on set for Avengers Endgame. Like he was just visiting? Samuel L. Jackson plays Nick Fury in the Marvel Universe and had been in a movie with Gwyneth Paltrow as Nick Fury. And she literally... So they're... If you haven't seen Avengers Endgame, too late. Spoiler alert. Everybody's in it. Like, everybody in the Marvel Universe is in it. And, of course, Samuel L. Jackson shows up because he's Nick Fury. And Gwyneth Paltrow, according to uh, people on set, Gwyneth Paltrow was asking why Sam Jackson was there. And the other actors were like, what are you talking about? He's Nick Fury. You've been in movies with him. Yeah, she just strikes me as one of those people. Well, mm, yeah. One of those people who just can't be bothered to know what's going on in the world around them at any given time because they're so consumed with, you know, acting or their career or themselves. Ding, ding. So that's what I I loved about this story. (laughs) What I loved about this story is that it totally highlights that. So, like, it just confirms all the things we always roll our eyes about when it comes to her. Because she's so self-focused. She's so Gwyneth-focused, right? Like, why does she want you to shove a jade egg in areas? Because it worked for her. She likes it. Why does she want you to um, steam your hoo-ha? I'm sorry, those are like the only two things I can think of. But why does she want you to wear stickers that are going to make you happy? Because she does. Yeah. Also because it makes her money. All roads lead back to Gwyneth, which means she has complete blinders on when it comes to anybody she's ever shared space with, which is also why she consciously uncoupled from her husband, which is also why she thinks that like we all need to know all the finer details about her relationships, which is why she thinks she invited or invented yoga, which is also why she thinks that uh, it's her because of her that Dakota Johnson and her ex-husband got back together. Well, I think also, like, if you just think about the things that she's forgetting, it seems to be 
um, basically Marvel related. So if I worked, you know, on the Marvel projects and was determining who should be in them, I don't know that that Gwyneth Paltrow is going to be on the top of the list because I'm right. like, the girl can't remember what she's actually been in. Except for, to be fair, Bradley, Marvel, the Marvel stuff is the only stuff she's been doing. In the acting realm yeah, recently. But it's not giving them any good press. Right. Like every story, right. the, these particular three stories about her forgetting are all related to her work on Marvel right. uh, projects. Right. So you're thinking they might kill off Pepper Potts. I'm just saying that perhaps they will use her elsewhere. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's embarrassing. Also, to like to do that to Samuel L. Jackson, he's like... To not remember that you have been in space with Samuel L. Jackson is something that my brain cannot even possibly wrap around. The only thing that I can think of is that this is one of those things where, you know how you work on a film, and I'm just, I'm totally spitballing, I'm not trying to defend Gwyneth Paltrow, but the only thing I can imagine here or relate to is perhaps... You know, you're working on a film together. Maybe you never see each other on a film and you don't even realize because maybe Gwyneth is also one of those people who doesn't actually go see her films. So maybe she almost thinks that this makes her seem more human because it's like, yeah. oh, yeah, no, I don't watch. And we were on set together. So, like, I never saw him and I don't like watch my movies. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't even know if it was that intentional or that's the place of the for- forgetfulness. Forgetfulness. Yeah. Is that, um, She's just not paying attention because she's only there to do her job and isn't, you know, either way, it makes her look extremely um, unsupportive, unconnected, and maybe not really focused on what she's actually doing, which is kind of sad. What that tells me is that she does stuff for a paycheck, yeah, which also says a lot about Goop, which is also what we've kind of heard her say when she's talked about the business model for Goop, that she's selling aspirations So maybe it isn't even necessarily that she's selling the things that Gwyneth Paltrow likes. Maybe it's that, again, selling the aspiration of this like perfect lifestyle that and it's so she doesn't really care. It it sort of reconfirms that. Yeah, it's certainly a level of privilege that most people aren't entitled to. I can't afford to not know who I'm actually working with. Like if I just came in one day and was like, who's Lori and Julia again? Yeah. It's not going to go over very well. I mean, I'm not going to say anything. Well, Lori and Julia might forget. People that they were. <laughs> because <laughs> that actually has it happened. It usually takes around six months before they'll learn your name. Exactly. Yeah. And they'll just call you whatever they think you look like Holly, for a very long how time. How long did that take for you? Uh, maybe within that window. Okay. But maybe sooner. Because I would see them on a daily basis. Because I think Elizabeth Reese so, didn't... What did they call Elizabeth for? I don't remember. But we've had, like, salespeople that they've called the wrong names. And, <laughs> you know. Bless their hearts. Oh, bless their bless hearts. Bless their sweethearts. Oh, All right, when yeah. we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, um, we have to talk about uh, the other big news of the weekend. Uh, and that is about Jeffrey Epstein. There's a lot to the story. And uh, we're going to try to uh, share it all with you after this on Buy Talk 1071. Have you been waiting for just the right job? Then welcome to the end of your search. Amazon has seasonal warehouse jobs in your area, and now is a great time to apply. You can start getting paid right away and work close to home. Applying is easy. You don't even need an interview. So what are you waiting for? Come join the team and get a great seasonal job offer today. Visit Amazon.com slash hiring. Amazon is an equal opportunity employer.